You're listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening. I have clients. I'm doing uh, leadership training. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Each week, we come to you with the information that you need to advocate for your family and for yourselves regarding your health care. The show is sponsored by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only health care think tank in the country that's run entirely by physicians. Please go to our website, www.d4pcfoundation.org, and contribute generously so that we can continue to do the work that we do on this show and around the country, supporting the doctor-patient relationship and fighting for your health care freedom. 2020 is a pivotal year for health care. And if you want to continue to experience the freedom to uh, exercise decisions over health care and what your family is going to be able to have available to them, then you need to start paying attention if you're not already. You need to get into the fight. You need to uh, really be a... Uh, a player instead of an observer. And last week's show, if you missed it, we had in studio guest Elaine Parker from the Job Creators Network. If you did miss that show, I strongly urge you to go back into the archives, either on iTunes or on the America's Web Radio um, site or the Docs for Patient Care Foundation site and listen to that interview in its entirety because what Elaine talked about last week as the initiative that was taken on by the uh, physician uh, by the um, Job Creators Network to uh, get behind healthcare is really a uh, it's it's just um, the essential uh, effort that that is uh, required because we are locked in a battle between those who uh, want the government to provide everything versus those who want the freedom to make their own choices. And that's really what it's going to come down to in this election. And, and um, Elaine laid out for us the, um, the framework uh, for implementing that and making it happen. Um, so next week our, our, uh, we um, are going to have an uh, addition to our team. We're going to have Dr. Scott here. Scott Barber is an orthopedic surgeon. He is a healthcare activist. He has been uh, in the fight with me in Docs for Patient Care for almost 12 years. And uh, he is a successful practicing orthopedic surgeon. He is um, a conservative, uh, clear-thinking individual who uh, understands the dangers of state-run health care. And uh, he uh, can speak. He loves to speak um, uh, extensively about ex- his experiences at the VA hospital, which is really the epitome of state-run health care. Um, I think you'll you'll um, enjoy having Dr. Scott uh, join our team and being here each week, and we won't um, lose Dr. Mike entirely. I know that there are those of you who really enjoy having Dr. Mike 
come to you each week and and uh, provide his insights in healthcare IT and other matters. And he's going to uh, continue to be uh, featured on uh, the Doctors Lounge in America's Web Radio, um, doing podcasts and uh, putting them uh, uh, on the air, and we'll be playing those uh, on a semi-regular basis. David, you wanted to say something? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd like to point out to your audience that if they want to know what state-run health care is all about, all they have to do is check out Venezuela and what's happening there. Not only we do a show on it, but also the fact that I had dinner with the folks last night, and we were talking about the fact of once Venezuela turned totally socialist, uh, one, you, you can't get an appointment with a doctor, and if you do, and he now, the problem is, the doc writes a script, you can't get it filled. Right. They are not getting, you know, all oh, the government's going to take care of you. No. They can't even get essential over-the-counter medication there. I have friends who are Venezuelan who still have family in Venezuela. And you're getting the same report then, right? Oh, of course I am. And it's 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 a... Uh, it is a uh, a crime against humanity because Venezuela started out as one of the um, richest countries in the Western Hemisphere. You know, after the U.S. and Canada, um, Venezuela is clearly uh, the richest country or was in in the Western Hemisphere, and it's been raped by corrupt um, uh, politicians, and they um, have. Uh, uh, Damaged the country for at least a generation or two to come, and uh, um, healthcare has suffered in Venezuela. And people have to smuggle in over-the-counter medications when they go to visit their family members if they can get into the country. Um, there are some uh, charities that are able to get through. They have to get across the Colombia border in most of the cases, but it is it is really um, truly one of the uh, uh, biggest um, tragedies and crimes against humanity um, in the 20, 21st century. How, about, how much of this have you heard on uh, the mainstream media? Oh, there's, there's nothing, of course. Let me, let me ask something else. You and I are approximately the same age. When I was in school and would take history or social, uh, whatever we called it back then. And this was in, in what we call junior high school as compared to middle schools here. But we were taught that socialism is one step before communism, that it is, you know, it, it's basically taking over the people without arms, and then when the people start to rebel... That's when it turns into communism with arms to keep them under control. And this is, I mean, this is textbook. What's happening in Venezuela is is almost textbook, the way it works. Well, Latin America is always, uh, for as long as I, I, in my lifetime, has been a hotbed for um, for communist uprisings, and uh, they, the people, um, they they uh, fall prey to false promises from demagogues who uh, who 
claim to represent them and 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 really are just lining their own pockets and stealing from from the country and uh you know we've seen that time and time again in 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 south and central america and uh venezuela is just a, another one of those examples um today you know i wanted i have a few topics that i wanted to talk about you know with expanding on the theme of healthcare for you which is the uh, the framework that uh, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation supports and has widespread support across um, across the uh, not the political spectrum but across um, the the nation with uh, people who uh, recognize the 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 need for for change and for. Uh, uh, Taking control of healthcare back away from special interests, and certainly not letting the government uh, participate in it. One of the stakeholders in healthcare right now, which is um, uh, just out of control, as most people know, is the hospitals. The hospitals are are probably um, the uh, not probably the hospitals are at the very center of the problem regarding the high cost of health care. And there was an article that uh, was in Medical Economics uh, last week that I uh, uh, talked a little bit about. I just touched on it when Elaine was here in the studio last week. But I'd like to just share with everybody some of the salient features of this article because it is important for people to understand why health care costs are so high. It's not because of insurance. They contribute to it. It's not because of drugs, although that contributes to it also. I think it is really a combination of a number of factors. The biggest factor, in my opinion, is the, um, the change in Healthcare delivery in the United States over the last 30 to 40 years. At one point, doctors delivered health care in their offices. They did surgery in hospitals, and the hospitals were mostly controlled by physicians. The physicians put their patients into hospitals as a place where they could get higher acuity care, people who had more complicated problems. Doctors could put their patients into those hospitals. Most hospitals were either run by doctors who knew about health care, or they, uh, doctors participated in, in tandem, in conjunction with business people to allow hospitals to work more efficiently. Well, at, as um, healthcare became more complex, as insurance um, became more, um, they, as, as they changed the nature of healthcare in this country, the hospitals became more and more powerful. In in large part because of government intervention. Government intervention had allowed hospitals. Uh, to uh, get special um, uh, status. They allowed hospitals to uh, get 
more reimbursement for the same procedures that were done in hospitals compared to off-site. Government regulation allowed hospitals to create monopolies so that they could um, uh, keep competition um, out of their geographic area and um, and resist um, the market forces to compete on a price basis. And so hospitals can pretty much uh, get away with so much. And as time has gone by, they've become more and more powerful. And the more powerful they get, the more influence they have and the less um, um, likely um, groups can resist them and, and speak out against them and uh, cause change. I think it's important to um, uh, share with you this article that was in Medical Economics because it really underscores the the um, problem having hospitals control health care. And, and make no mistake about it, they do control health care. And the, the, name, the title of the article is <clears throat> How Nonprofit Hospitals Get Away with the Biggest Ripoff in America. And I'm going to paraphrase parts of this um, article and, and talk a little bit more about it um, when we get back in the next segment. So um, I strongly encourage you to stay with us if you do not really truly understand how the hospital lobby has... Uh, um, uh, perpetrated one of the biggest uh, um, uh, hoaxes on the American public. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge. We're talking about a number of uh, subjects today. Uh, We left off talking about hospitals. Um, Before I get uh, more into that, I just wanted to uh, raise the... uh, the uh, awareness of everybody about this uh, terrible coronavirus that's going around. I'm listening to this um, constantly uh, on on uh, shows, and I, I don't think that Americans grasp the the uh, the the severity of this pandemic, which is uh, real. Um, you can really uh, determine how big a problem this is by looking at international markets because the international markets are dropping like rocks in uh, Asia. And, uh, you know, the, we've done a good job so far of, uh, of trying to uh, keep this from becoming an American problem. But I think that people need to uh, have their their antennas up and and uh, keep keep aware of this because it's a a big problem and uh, I'm it's depending on how things go uh, in upcoming shows I'm going to see about getting a, uh, a infectious disease or other expert in here perhaps to maybe talk about um, the this uh, coronavirus. Uh, how business. is it basically um, pulmonary? It is. The the thought is that nobody's a hundred percent sure where it started, but the um, the transmission is human to human, and it's uh, believed to be uh, airborne. So uh, this is um, spread like the like flu. Um, it can be mistaken for flu, but it's it appears to be uh, much more contagious. So I think this is a real a real problem, and uh, as part of you know what we do here on this show, which is not just to talk about politics, but to talk about healthcare and to talk about the effect um, of um, different healthcare issues on you, the listeners. I think it's important that we bring this to you, and we'll be um, looking and watching developments, and then you know deciding um, the best way to talk about this to our audience. Dumb question, but should at what point should we all start wearing the simple mask? I, you know, I think it's way too early for that, but I think the um, most basic um, precautions should be taken, which is 
frequent hand washing, using hand sanitizers, using um, sanitary wipes on on um, um, uh, in in public. If you're going to be in public places where there are many hands touching it, because nobody's really sure exactly um, how long this virus can um, live on uh, on on uh, different. pieces of, of uh, inanimate objects. We call that fomites in medicine. Fomites are, are um, the, the uh, transmission of a virus from an inanimate object to a person. And so um, I think that just basic precautions are in order and uh, try to limit the amount of uh, uh, contact of your hands to your face um, in uh, um, you know when you're in public places, so so from door handle or doorknob to um, you the grocery shopping basket, correct, uh, correct. Every every place where there handrails and on on staircases, things of that nature. Just use you know basic precautions. Carry around hand sanitizer with you. Use it on a regular basis. So we were talking about hospitals and how they, the nonprofit hospitals, get away with the biggest ripoff in America, an article that appeared in Medical Economics just last week. So here are some facts that people need to understand. Nearly two-thirds of the nation's 5,000 hospitals, or 3,900 hospitals, call themselves nonprofits. So what does a nonprofit mean? Well, a nonprofit means that they do not have shareholders and they do not distribute their profits to um, the public, to, the, to shareholders. They, um, uh, that designation gives them the ability to avoid paying taxes uh, compared to for-profit corporations. So nonprofit hospitals pay no taxes. They pay no property tax. They pay no state or federal income tax. They pay no sales tax. Just imagine if you had a business and you can avoid all of those taxes, how much more profitable you would be. And if you go to any major city in the United States, the largest building projects are all hospitals. It's unbelievable. Just last night... I went to a meeting at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. We're talking about a children's hospital. I was blown away by the opulence of this new building. They have, um, they're in the process of constructing uh, three new buildings. They have one building, which is a brand new clinic building that opened up about a year and a half ago, a brand new office building, which opened up this year. It's still not fully opened. And now they're going to be breaking ground on a um, on a tower, a new hospital. And it is just unbelievable how much money these projects cost. And the only way that you can put this up is by having bonds and selling it to the public, but also by having um, a a deep war chest, in large part, created because you have special benefits 
as a entity that can avoid the the same kind of business strains that a for-profit hospital has. So um, the in exchange for the the privilege of being a non-for-profit organization, a charity organization, the hospitals are supposed to take what they don't have to pay in taxes and plow it back into the community to to contribute to the community and and lower health care costs by provi- or providing free care to those who can't afford it. And it happens to some extent, but certainly disproportionately to the amount of money that they get to keep by not having to pay taxes. Instead of putting it back into the community, these non-for-profit hospitals take their their ill-gotten gains and it goes into seven-figure executive salaries. They increase the number of management people on their team. They have boondoggle retreats, extravagant galas. That many hospitals have private jets, billboard ads, and radio and TV ads, skyboxes at sports events, offshore bank accounts, and they, most importantly, they use that money to fund special interest lobbyists whose job it is to make sure that Congress or state government allows them to keep the sweet deal that they've got going right now. In Congress, it's to allow them to continue to operate outside of the IRS code. It also is intended to allow them to get special payments um, for the care that they give and to get, get increased payments for the care that they're providing, which is identical to care that's given outside of the hospital by doctors. At the state level, it's to prevent the, um, the, the, uh, the states from eliminating the certificate of need laws, which regular listeners to this show know I talk about all the time, which are laws that keep competition out because many states have these laws where you have to get permission from the state in order to open your doors. It can be challenged by existing businesses, and it is typically challenged by the hospitals and communities keeping out other hospitals or entities that fall within the um, regulations of certificate of need from opening their doors. And that keeps competition out. It allows the hospitals to continue to operate and uh, and charge whatever they feel like charging. So, um, in the, so what happens is that this is going on while Americans are struggling to pay high medical bills and often being sent to collections. I've uh, talked about on the show and had as a guest um, um, the uh, author of the book 
The Price We Pay, which is um, Marty McCa- uh, McCary, who talked about the hospitals that are um, actually sending patients to collections, and in some cities around the country, um, the, there's over 50% of, of the people in small communities are in collections for predatory practices that have been uh, um, uh, that hospitals have engaged in, and it's it's really it's really just a time that we uh, that we call it what it is, and and we uh, get rid of this special interest. And I'm going to share a few more facts about this. Uh, uh, article and about what's happening in healthcare and why hospitals are the major culprit for the high cost of healthcare and why we can't get it down. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? Talk about your business or express your opinion 
on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge. We're ta- we left off talking about um, the this, this, uh, greatest scam on the American public, which is um, allowing hospitals to um, uh, retain non-for-profit status. It's, it's truly the biggest abuse of the U.S. tax code. And according to the IRS, a tax-exempt organization has to meet um, two criteria. No part of their net earnings are allowed to benefit any private shareholder or individual. And that specifically includes earnings by way of profit distributions in excessive salaries. Um, and I'll get to that in just a second. But the second um, part of that is that no substantial part of the activities of such an organization can consist of carrying on propaganda or otherwise attempting to influence legislation. And that absolutely is what's going on. So these these um, tax-exempt hospitals are violating IRS code and nobody is enforcing this. Now, what should shock, um, uh, well, what should should outrage everyone but surprise few is the salaries that the CEOs of these hospitals are getting. The uh, um, leading non-profit hospitals last year, um, the CEOs of those hospitals um, had salaries, nearly half of them had salaries that exceeded $2.5 million. We're talking about person who is a pencil pusher, not somebody who helps you get better when you have a kidney infection or helps you get better when you have heart disease. We're talking about somebody who is running a hospital, which used to be run by doctors. The highest paid of these executives is the uh, top executive at Banner Health in Phoenix, who received compensation last year of $21.6 million. In St. Louis, the chief um, uh, executive officer of Ascension Health made $13.6 million. And Northwestern Memorial Healthcare in Chicago paid their top executive $10.6 million. This is outrageous when we are dealing with um, the problem of medical bankruptcy, and we listen to politicians just railing against the um, the the system that's putting people into medical bankruptcy and allowing these people to pull down these kinds of salaries. Um, what's even more disgusting and shocking is that Atrium Health Foundation, a foundation. Allegedly, the charitable arm of the tax-exempt atrium health system in Charlotte, North Carolina, had so much money that they put $52 million of it offshore in the Cayman Islands. Um, The American Hospital Association, the lobby for these these hospitals, um, is one of the top 
five spenders in Washington on lobbying. Last year, they spent $24 million lobbying Congress. And over the past 10 years, they spent almost $400 million lobbying Congress. So, again, one of the one of the um, the stipulations of being a nonprofit is not um, carrying on propaganda or trying to influence legislation, and uh, they are clearly uh, doing that. Um, what's What's um, important to know is that we subsidize these nonprofit hospitals to the tune of thirty billion dollars annually in the form of tax exemption. So we have to ask, what are we getting for that money? Are we getting better health? Are we getting less expensive health? Are we getting more care? For the poor, no, we're not. We're not getting much of that at all. Um, what they are doing um, is is uh, uh, we are seeing these hospitals buying up medical practices, and we are um, watching the consolidation of the healthcare market. That um, leaves less choice for patients. It is allowing hospitals to charge more money because they can charge more in the hospital than these doctors can charge out of the hospital. And what is happening that nobody is talking about is that these doctors who were part of the tax rolls before are no longer part of it because they're going into nonprofit hospitals who don't pay any taxes. So the tax rolls are shrinking. So this is, this is um, you know, just an outrageous... Um, uh, practice and and uh, you know what can you do? What can an individual do about this? You think, oh gosh, this is just the system. I can't really do anything. I'm just one person. Well, let me just tell you, you can make a difference. You know, I I started Docs for Patient Care just on an idea because I was so angry, and it's morphed into. Um, something that has influenced legislation at the level of the White House. And um, everybody can make a difference. You can make a difference, but first of all, just by going to the Docs for Patient Care website and seeing what we're doing and helping and contributing to that. You can make a difference by joining the Healthcare for You Coalition. Go to healthcareforyou.com and share your story if you've got a story. Um, But but you can be part of that, and and uh, you can. Uh, um, beside that, you can call your congressman, you can call your senator, you can tell them that you want to see um, the changes that are being uh, uh, um, uh, recommended on health care for you, and uh, you want choice. You do not want this. Um, uh, the government or to uh, make the choices for you. You want to be in charge of your health care. You can call your um, your state representatives, um, and you can demand that they um, take up certificate of need um, in the um, current legislative section. Certificate of need keeps competition out of the market. What happens when you keep competition out of the market? Prices go up. If you want to see a change, you've got to make the commitment to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, and certainly not a victim. Don't be a victim. That's what you've got to get through your head, that you're not a victim. You are an American, and you've got a voice, and you 
have to hold the people who represent you accountable. And together, we can really make a difference. You know, I, I um, was listening to the um, ads about uh, um, Mike Bloomberg running for for president. You know, we talked on this show about the um, uh, Democrats' plans for health care, the uh, Medicare for all, which is socialized health care, um, the uh, improving Obamacare, which is a disaster. You know, that's what all the Democrat candidates have talked about. I'm listening to the Bloomberg ads, and he says nothing. He talks about health care. He talks about how bad Donald Trump is for health care. And he's, he's lying. It's just one lie after another. So I went to the Bloomberg website to try to find out exactly what he's talking about regarding health care. And you want to know something? He's not talking about much. He's smoking mirrors and, you know, saying things that are either not true or are completely wrong. Tell you what Bloomberg wants to do. Bloomberg wants a public option. So what's a public option? First of all, public option was rejected under Obamacare. What it is, it's a government-run insurance company. And he wants to implement that. He wants to make this compete against private insurers. He claims that when you do this, the other insurance companies will um, will lower their prices because of competition. What he fails to recognize, or he is lying to the public and does recognize, is that when the government competes against private entities, the government wins because private entities can't compete against a business that is supported by taxpayer dollars. The government can print money, and the government can continue to operate a business. They don't have to worry about showing a profit. And so what will happen is the private insurers will get out of the insurance business. This happened when Obamacare was implemented. We saw closing of 1,800 insurance companies around the country, some big, some small. Prudential was probably the biggest. They had a huge footprint in health care insurance. When Obamacare came on the scene, when it started getting talked about in 2008 and it was implemented a couple of years later, by that time, Prudential was out of the health care market. That's what will happen with a public option where the government runs an insurance company. Bloomberg also talks about building on the Affordable Care Act. What a brilliant idea. You know, this is a plan that is a a gigantic Ponzi scheme and a failure, and he wants to he wants to expand on it. Um, he is claiming that um, that this can be done by um, by price controls, capping premiums. Again, what we're really talking about is the government running health care. And if you believe that the government can run health care better than the private market when you take out all of the government intervention, all of the regulation, and let the market operate like a market should, if you believe that the government can do this better, then you need to vote for Democrats. Personally, I think that that will be the end of health care in this country if people decide to go that route. Um, what else does Bloomberg say? He wants to cap pr- health care prices. 
cap health care prices. He wants to put in controls over what people <clears throat> can charge. That's never happened in any business in the United States where you cap what people can charge. He does want to ban surprise medical billing, which I do believe is is something that we need to uh, investigate, not investigate, we need to solve, because surprise medical billing is a big problem. And um, and that's something that uh, we, we need to uh, work on. He also wants to talk about, he talks about lowering drug costs, but he wants to do it by um, by capping uh, prices and uh, doing what socialized countries around the country do, which is to tell pharmaceutical companies, this is how much we're going to pay, not a nickel more. And, you know, if that's how you think you can get that problem solved, then, uh, you know, then I think that you're, you're, uh, um, I'd like, I have some swamp land I'd like to sell you in the Everglades. So I have a couple more things to talk about when we get back in the last segment of the doctor's lounge. Um, so please stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Back in the final segment of the Doctor's Lounge, I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. We've talked about a number of uh, 
topics today, the hospitals, the, uh, the, um, the coronavirus, the, um, uh, Blo- the Bloomberg boondoggle lies about uh, health care, which uh, are, are nothing but smoke and mirrors. What I found really interesting in going to his website is his plan for drug prices, Mike's plan, they call it. And it's really interesting because Mike's plan is actually Trump's plan. He he stole Donald what Donald Trump has done. Let me tell you what he wants to do, what his plan is. It's to make Medicare cheaper for seniors and use it to lower drug prices for everyone. That's Trump. He's done that with Medicare so far with Medicare Part D, allowing them to now shop for their drugs. Trump allow importers safe drugs from abroad and fix America's healthcare competition problem. Donald Trump, that's what he's doing. He's allowing for the import of drugs, and he's uh, uh, trying to uh, break up the the um, pharmaceutical cartel. Mike's, Mike's plan to lower drug prices and boost research by changing patent and intellectual property law. Trump. Trump is trying to deregulate health care and get all the barriers that are causing the high cost of health care being what it is out of the way to open open a pathway for healthcare to um, be um, um, more affordable um, and more accessible. So you know, just just um, don't don't take what you're seeing on face value out there in these ads. They're all they're you know, based on on um, uh, number one um, false promises. Number two on on misguided ideology, and number three on lies to demonize Trump. Nobody is suggesting that Trump is a perfect man, but his policies are are absolutely spot on. You know, um, Trump is truly the healthcare president. And if you don't believe it, if you want to know, well, what has Trump done for healthcare? Just look at his record. Look at the executive orders that he's signed. He signed the competition across the United States executive order in 2017. He signed the blueprint to lower drug prices in 2018. He signed the um, proposed um, uh, international pricing model for setting uh, what uh, Medicare should pay for certain drugs um, also in 2018. In 2019, he signed executive orders on price transparency, on improving private Medicare plans for seniors, um, for allowing businesses to use health uh, uh, reimbursement accounts so that people can have better choices, better access to health care that they want to get, not what the government tells them that they need. He's signed an executive order allowing people to use their health savings accounts and expand that. He allowed for association health plans to put people together to help lower their health care costs. You judge a man by their actions and not by their words. And if you judge him by the actions that he has put forth, there is no question that he has been the best president for health care, for Americans and their health care needs in the last 50 years. And uh, so don't believe me. Go look up his record on, 
on uh, on executive orders, and he has much more that he wants to accomplish regarding health care to help make it more accessible, uh, more affordable, and um, to um, allow our American health care to flourish and not be stymied, which is what politicians on the left want to do because they want to control health care. They want to preserve the special interests and they want to control you. The only way to control you is through your health care. That's the first step in controlling a population. So you need to read the plans on healthcareforyou.com and uh, get behind this. One of the people who signed on to healthcare for you, um, I put I put her together with um, with the people at Job Creators Network. Is our um, uh, Docs for Patient Care advisory board member and good friend to me and to this show, and that's Sally Pipes. And Sally has written a new book that I'm going to tease. That I've got an advanced copy. It's entitled "False Premise." False promise, and it talks about the. Um, and I've only skimmed it. I'm going to read it this weekend. I'm going to get Sally on uh, the show uh, in the next couple of shows to talk more about her book. But Sally is from Canada originally. She knows more about socialized health care than most people in this country. Her mother died under the Canadian health care system because she got very poor care, despite the fact that she was um, uh, propagandized, hypnotized into believing that their system was really good and the doctors really cared and that she would go along with it, you know, and and everything would be okay, but it really wasn't okay. She did not get the proper screening that she needed for her colon cancer. She had advanced colon cancer when it was uh, finally diagnosed, and she died a short time later. That's what's in store for us under a government-run health care system. And in her book, Sally goes uh, through um, what the dangers of socialized Medicare uh, socialized health care are the Medicare for all scam. She talks about how that mania is sweeping across the left um, and goes on to talk about single payer proposals <clears throat> under consideration, <clears throat> how our country is marching toward a single payer plan, and why this is so devastating to Americans in terms of their. It will increase their weight for care, it will reduce their access to care, and it will <coughs> ration care. And all of those are, are um, inevitabilities under a government-run health care plan, not to mention the financial cost. You know, the Bernie Sanders plan or the Elizabeth Warren plan, will um, they're projecting that this will cost uh, approximately 3.5 to 4.2 trillion dollars annually annually but you don't have to worry anymore because you are going to get everything that you need provided for you from the government sure your taxes will go up a little bit don't worry about that it's not going to be that much isn't it great that your taxes will go up just a little bit 
to offset the high cost of health care that you no longer have to deal with. Well, that's great if you can get a doctor, if you can get your care when you need it, you can get your tests done. That will not happen. So Sally's book um, uh, is um, uh, a, uh, a must-read before the election because all the Democrats are embracing government-run health care in one form or another, and make no, no mistake about it, propping up Obamacare is simply a drip, 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 drip going towards that, that inevitable goal that all of the leftists have, which is having the government run health care. And uh, this is the, 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 um, the fork at the road that every single American needs to uh, decide upon. Which road are you going to take? Are you going to take the road of freedom or are you going to take the road of subservience? Because the um, the promises that the demagogues on the left are are um, promising you are nothing but false promises. So I strongly urge everybody to uh, go again. If you have not looked at it, go to healthcareforyou.com and and make a decision whether or not you want to control your health care whether or not you want to be in charge of the doctor that you see, the care that you get, where you get it, and be able to control how your health care dollars are spent. That's up to you. And it's not up to somebody in Washington. It's not even up to somebody in your state um, capital who is going to make those decisions. Those decisions rest with you. So next week... Um, Dr. Scott Barber is going to be here on the show. He is going to be the new co-host of the do- uh, the Doctor's Lounge, and um, I uh, I can't think of a better co-host. We will miss having Dr. Mike on here on a regular basis, um, and he really uh, brought a lot of of knowledge and enthusiasm to this show. Um, we're going to continue to get his podcast on here, but uh, if you've not heard Dr. Scott, you are in for a treat because he is just a dynamo. He um, he really uh, does not hold back and uh, takes no prisoners, and uh, I think that uh, you will enjoy um, listening to him, and he's he's very active on on Twitter, and you'll be able to uh, um, I think engage with him on Twitter if you uh, want to. His uh, Twitter handle, I believe, is uh, uh, Doctor Scott Barber at Doctor Scott Scott Barber. Um, but we will uh, um, uh, clarify that. Um, uh, he'll clarify that when he's on the air next week. So um, I think we are ready to wrap up the show today. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I want everybody to uh, um, keep an eye out for that coronavirus and uh, keep your antenna up, read about it, and do what you can to protect yourself so that uh, America stays healthy and, uh, and safe. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.